Hey everybody, uh, very excited for you to hear this episode of The Grind. I had a chance to sit down with Katie Moore and with Sabine and talk some about refugees and immigrants and an awesome new restaurant that empowers them called The Global Cafe. So uh, enjoy this. Well, I'm sitting here outside of Crosstown Concourse and here with Katie Moore and Sabine. And Sabine, help us. uh, I've never asked you this. How do you uh, pronounce your last name? It's uh, pronounced Sabine Langer, and then in Swiss German, it's Sabine Langer, and then the Americanized, Americanized version would be Sabine Langer. Langer. <laughs> but so you can just pick whatever. Forgive whatever comes out of my mouth, but I'm sitting across from this beautiful woman in this beautiful space on a kind of beautiful day. Yeah. So it I'm is. happy to be here to talk with you a little bit about Thank you. Global Cafe. Um, before we get into the cafe, you know, you are an immigrant here. I am from Switzerland. And I wish you could tell us just a little bit about your own story before we get into the story of what you've done with your story. Sure. Can you do that for us? Absolutely. Well, I was born and raised in Switzerland. And at the age of 21, I decided that I wanted to uh, discover the world and travel. And I always wanted to travel. In my mind, it was always something that was going to happen. I was not going to live long term in Switzerland, or at least maybe return to Switzerland, but not stay in Switzerland my entire life. Um, so I traveled to Southern California when I was 21 and kind of got stuck there because it's so beautiful. Um, and then I got married and my uh, now ex-husband is um, employed by FedEx. So we moved a lot around, lived in Dallas, in Carrieville, back to Dallas and now in Memphis. Oh, thank you, FedEx, again, yeah. for all you bring to our it's city. It's a great company. Um, and you have two children, right? I do, yes. I have a daughter, India. She's 15, and a son, Kai, who's 12. Yes, when I read your bio, I saw their names, and I was like, yes, she travels the world. <laughs> That's right. You do. And so there was a moment for you, kind of, where you were... Um, inspired to begin working with refugees or is that something that's been in your life all the time and you knew it was something you wanted to pour into i mean how did the refugee population and spending part of your time with that did that start in memphis or before that's a great question nobody has ever actually asked me that um the immigrant and refugee specifically started in uh, memphis back in dallas i was very involved with the homeless population mm-hmm. and then i moved here and didn't know a soul and vol- my Kind of my plug-in when I moved to a new city is to start volunteering. Mm. And I got involved uh, in the Binghampton neighborhood mm-hmm. with RAP, the Refugee Empowerment Program, uh, with the BDC, uh, with the Kaleidoscope Kitchen. Yes. Um, so with kind of different programs. And I noticed that so many women, uh, immigrants and refugees were working two, three, four jobs mm-hmm. and then cooking on the side. Uh, some of them, their dreams was to um, cook full-time and support their families, but they just had no means to make that happen because they didn't have the funds to start a restaurant. So uh, took a couple of years, worked on the project, and Global Cafe was born. Oh, that's so cool. And you were in Binghampton. Um, so the, the refugee program you were working with was clearly for them. Was Kaleidoscope, Kaleidoscope Kitchen specifically for refugees, or was it to benefit Binghampton? Be- the, the Kaleidoscope Kitchen is to benefit Binghampton, okay, but a lot of uh, people that either rent the kitchen or go to their cu- culinary program are immigrants and refugees. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. They have, I believe, 17 different countries uh, represented in Binghampton. I love that so yeah. much. And it's something that's not necessarily known that in Memphis in general, that there's so many of us, so many countries, so many refugees and immigrants. Um, 
because we tend, a lot of us tend to kind of stick to our neighborhoods, mm -hmm. to what we know. Mm -hmm. And uh, if if your world doesn't cross our world, then mm. you just never know. Yeah, but on the on the big picture side of Memphis, I do think we have a great reputation of opening our doors for things like that. And Absolutely. Have, I was reading um, about Global Cafe in the NPR article yes. that got you a lot of um, national press. And they were talking to me about how Memphis is one of the few places in the country that has this open door policy to help refugees reestablish themselves yes um, um into our community historically uh, catholic charities yes. was re, um, reselling a lot of refugees actually in this neighborhood in uh, crosstown area so we have a lot of vietnamese uh, stores vietnamese people around here and then um world relief took over mm -hmm. and resettled a lot of people in the uh, binghamton area yeah that's really cool. Yeah. And then you met a couple of your cooks who work for you now. Yeah, absolutely. At Kaleidoscope Kitchen, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ipti uh, was a, a founding tenant of Kaleidoscope, um, Indra as well. And then Fecha I found because I specifically wanted to help a Syrian um, person. And, you know, when you help one person, especially in this case, you just expand to the family and the community. Yeah. Uh, so that, Tell me about that, was, that and getting to know your heart. Why Why so specifically did you want to support? Because of the uh, political situation in mm -hmm. Syria and so many Syrian refugees come through. Um, and it's so funny because the communities are very small. So when I started digging around and saying, okay, if I wanted to work mm. with a Syrian uh, person, who would I talk to? Oh. And I would talk to, I have friends that are Lebanese, um, lots of friends from everywhere in the Middle East and Fecha's name was always oh. number one. There's one lady that you just have. And the funny part is Fecha was not cooking full time until she started here at Global Cafe. She was actually a nanny. And the very funny part is she was a nanny for a family on the street I live on right now. No way. So it's a very, very small world. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. And her reputation preceded her as an activist. Absolutely. And as a lover. Yes. And also as a chef, right? <laughs> Absolutely. She is a pillar in the Syrian community. Um, she, I think that there's not a Syrian person in town that's been resettled here that hasn't met or heard about Fecha. She gets calls for translation, for help, for rights, for oh. anything all the time. She's yeah. just amazing. And I think that's one of the things we want to keep pointing out on the Grind podcast is it is about doing work and it is about making things, but it's also just about expanding your heart. Yes. You know, and sometimes expanding Absolutely. your heart will lead to a beautiful institution like Global Cafe. Absolutely. But it sounds like Feha's reputation was way ahead of her just in terms of who she was. Correct. Exactly. As a lover. She, you know? she definitely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And sadly, she was not able to have kids on her own, but she's adopted a lot of people. No way. That, yeah. That so she cool. just, I mean, not formally, but she just takes a lot of families under her wings and, mm -hmm. and, and works with them. Um, I just joke that my significant other's closet that he just, I just made him clean his closet recently. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so there's a lot of Syrian people that are going to be going, wa walking around in his uh, outfits <laughs> because that's how, you know, we just, we just share, take, we share, we take, you know, take care of our community uh, as a whole, not just a, we try to make the difference in one person's life, but it just ripples through lots of different families. It does. And I think that'll, that's a great segue into talking back about the cafe. So for those of you who don't know, this space is beautiful. And when you enter it, it seems like 
a restaurant, but it's more of a food hall. There Correct. are individual stalls. Each of them have their own menu. Correct. And above the menus, it says the country from which the food is coming. Correct. So Feha's food is Syrian. Syrian, correct. And then tell us about the other stalls that you have. Ipti's from Sudan, and then Indra from Nepal. And our general manager, Juan, is from Mexico, and he cooks once in a while, too. And bartends, right? He does. He does. He has amazing drinks. Yes. yes. Works of art. That's so great. And yeah. was it Ipta that... Um, you know, was kind of moved pretty quickly into the U.S. and with her family when she was young? Uh, Ipti moved, Indra is the one that was very young and moved, she's only in her mid-twenties now, so she, uh -huh. she moved here in her late teens with her family from Nepal. Ipti moved with two, she has three kids, she moved okay. with two kids here and then had her third here. She's been here the longest, um, She's highly educated, with, like a lot of those immigrants and refugees yeah, are. That's what um, I was going to ask about. She has two degrees, I think, uh, in philosophy, yeah, philosophy I think or it psychology. Was I philosophy and psychology, yeah, exactly. I think is what I read. Yeah. Um, yes. Her husband was speaking up, uh, was a journalist and was speaking up for human rights and got in trouble with the government. And that's how they ended up in the U.S. Mm. So wow. that's another myth that, you know, people see right. us either with an accent and I always laugh because I think sometimes I can see in people's eyes when I speak and they hear my accent they dock a few IQ points <laughs> of my uh, of yeah. my toll and yeah. I think th there's an assumption that immigrants and refugees are not always the brightest or I mean and I'm generalizing because I think there are plenty of refugees that never had a chance to attend school because they've lived in um in refugee camps where there's no some of them are very are great but some have no formal education mm -hmm. so you come to the u.s you're in a different culture you're different customs different language different everything and you don't even have the educational base that you should have from your countries uh, but, but the thing about that story yeah that was crazy to me is she did she did the degrees were there but yeah. even in those scenarios when they're when they come over here it doesn't and don't translate. have the language and the paperwork doesn't translate correct there's still the assumption there's still absolutely. the docking of acu points absolutely you know, and yes yes so and it's wild because you know she, again two degrees and and she couldn't find the, the typical path is they get a warehouse job because they don't have to learn the language um, because they are not told ahead of time where they will end up. So they don't have time to prep and go Google uh, yeah. their Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. It's and very, learn the language. very specific culture. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh -huh. And then no, no time to learn the language. And then you get there, you get those warehouse jobs, you work really hard. You don't have time Survival to mode. learn. The, exactly. You don't have time to learn the language. Mm -hmm. So you find people that have been here in the country for decades and don't speak English that well. And mm -hmm. then we judge them for that, but we don't really fully understand the background story. Mm. Well, I'd really love um, kind of that the, the thought here is not to just get yummy food in people's bellies, but to really have a space of community building and meeting and so that people can hear the stories and yes. learn more about the countries. Right. Um, I'm wondering about, you know, sustainability. It seems to me like you got the best of the best of the best yes. from these countries. Yes. These chefs are being accoladed way high for their cooking. Absolutely. So what's the plan to like... Are you developing other chefs or do they are they kind of, you know, teaching other people below them? And so they are they all have a team. Uh, they are the main chef. They all have a few assistants and well, several assistants. Um, the goal 
is not necessarily we're not an incubator per se so mm -hmm. it's not like they're here for two I years and then we, if you're going to yeah, launch no. their own restaurant well the answer is yes and no okay. <laughs> um not not formally uh we expect that at some point there will be some turnover but it's all truly we're all about those women so if they decide that in six months they want to open their own restaurants then we'll help them if they decide it's not for them then we'll understand and find somebody else but if they want to stay here forever then we'll be here i mean i'm not going to promise forever but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's you know, beautiful. Well, well, truly, the, the the whole goal of Global Cafe is just to help those women get started, whatever, and be successful, whatever successful means to them. Let them define yeah, what that exactly. is, and yeah. in that empower them as well, just exactly. in, in the ability to define their own success. Absolutely, yes. And then we go back to helping other people. They're they they helping you know at least four families each because they have assistants and they have. Yeah. Uh, women that are learning to cook uh, their food and it's yeah. just it's just beautiful yeah yeah um, I want to take it a little different direction for a second and you had a very difficult weekend this past yeah. weekend with one of your employees yeah not not a refugee right a Memphian a Memphian um, can North you tell us Memphis. what happened yeah so we have three I believe employees that are not immigrants and refugees but we um, you know, we, we prefer employing immigrants and refugees because of our mission, but we also, you know, sometimes want other people or try to help other people. Um, and we have two dishwashers that are from North Memphis, and unfortunately one of them uh, passed away on Saturday. He got shot um, in front of Sonic for refusing to give his last cigarette to someone that um, apparently had mental health issues and has been in and out of treatment. Um, so yeah, we lost so Cortez. Um, so it's been, it's been really tough. Today's the first day that we're back. And actually we, a lot of us learned about it only this morning because we were closed yesterday. Um, so it was a bit of a state of shock today. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So really we're, we're thinking about his family and his son. He has a five-year-old son. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the majority of your employees have found themselves in a, in a, in a neighborhood or an environment where they feel safe on a daily basis? That's a great question. Um, I think it's very individual and I think that their idea of safe is not necessarily our idea of safe. Um, they tend to live in groups of their own community. I'm just thinking specifically about Indra. Uh, in my eyes, she does not live in a safe area. She lives behind um, in an apartment complex behind Sonic on Poplar. Um, and it's not ideal, but that's what you know what what's good for them because everybody from the nepalese community, community. lives mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. uh -huh. so no it's not a safe area but it's, it's a safe it's community exactly too, yes, yes yeah, yeah. interesting mm -hmm. and um they do they seem to in in general and i think this would be very person specific and definitely country and culture specific but do they have a sense of like wanting to do the next thing for their family or the next thing for their job or do you find it more that um they're just grateful to be where they are right now. I think right now, because we're still pretty young, we're only six months old, um, they are very grateful for where we're at. Uh, there's been a lot, it's been definitely a period of adjustment because honestly, I think we've been um, overwhelmed by the love and and uh, how we've been received. Yeah. So it's been really, really busy, yeah. and um, which is fantastic. We couldn't have really asked for is. more, Yeah. but it's definitely been a period of adjustment. So we're kind of maybe try, trying to come up for air right now. Uh -huh. And and so we haven't really thought about it, yeah. honestly. <laughs> oh, that's great too. Yeah. Um, I saw on your Instagram account where 
there was a couple who yes. heard about what you're doing. Yes. Tell us that story. Yes, I think were they from Wisconsin? That sounds about I right. I think so. I forget. Yes, because I wasn't there. Juan is the one that met them. Uh, they came. They heard about um, a story that we had on NPR. A fabulous story. And we got a lot of press as a result of that story. Um, and they read about Global Cafe and decided they had to try it and came from Wisconsin to uh, try our food. Oh, which yes. is amazing. amazing. Yes, and, they, yes. and they, they even, uh, or Juan said in the post that, you know, at, at 10 hours or something, 10 hours and seven minutes or something like that, <laughs> and that they um, were going to surely be back for more that's right it was fabulous it's like you've got like enough of what's going on in the heart of what you're doing yes. to inspire people yeah. but then you totally validate it with the food Th that, exactly <laughs> yes and i think that's the the real beauty about this space is that yes we are actually absolutely mission, missionally focused but we're backing it up with the food. It's yeah. not just meh food. That's it's, the grind, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's the grind. Yeah. And I, I feel I can brag because I have not, I can, if you've read the article, I cannot boil an well, egg. I told <laughs> JB that and he was like, what? Oh, I no, mean, no. You no. mean legitimately you cannot no, cook? I, 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 right now, if you ask me to boil a hard boiled egg, I would have to Google how many minutes. <laughs> that makes me for. so happy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you love I'm, food. I, I mean, love to you, eat. You've always been drawn <laughs> to, to like food yes. and it's taken you around the world. Yes. I just, I love it. So I love much. to eat and I'm vegan. So I'm, I'm very complicated. Yes. But well, Crosstown's a good place to be. It's for great. a lot of fabulous yes. options. Yes. Um, and then one other Instagram post. Tell me about the day the Grizzlies came. Oh yeah, that was fabulous. That was very exciting. Um, I got contacted by the team. Um, the te I call her the team mom. Uh, she she kind of helps out a lot of the players. And uh, they were in a bit of a, I shall call it, a losing streak. <laughs> and they needed to turn the vote around. Um, they just wanted to get the team out. I think she said out of their heads. Kind of oh, thinking wow. about others and, you know, Oh, what, that makes me so happy. Yes, other people's struggles. And yeah, you know, you might be losing, but there's bigger problems in the world. Mm. Um, and and it's funny because they called me and like, asked me if I could close down the restaurant. I said, uh-uh, no, not happening. We're not close <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> and then I thought about it as, and I figured it'd be a, a big mess if, if we had Grizz people and, and, and just regular people of the public. So we closed down and, and our customers were amazing because they were very understanding. Um, and actually, it was really a magical um, time because we all got to tell our stories. So they got to hear every chef's story, Juan's story, wow. my story, and uh, also stories from uh, R.E.P., the, uh, Ruth Lomo, the founder of R.E.P., and, mm. and uh, from Cam, the executive director. So they got to get a lot because we all have very different stories. Uh, you know, being an immigrant is quote unquote easy compared to some of those refugee stories. Mm. And every refugee story is very different. Um, some are really horrendous. Some are a little easier. Uh, and, and it was really cool to see the light bulb go off with mm. the players. Mm. And one of the players got up to leave and he said, well, that's why we show up for work every day with a smile. And I said, wow, that that's wow. pretty cool. There you go. Well, uh, Sabine and I and our significant others Go to a few Grizzly games each year. I gotta ask you, as a Grizz super fan, <laughs> how you doing with Mark being traded? Uh, it was a sad day. <laughs> yeah. It was a very sad day. <laughs> it was sad. Yeah. How do you feel about the new team? How do you feel about? I'm excited. Yeah. I think it's positive. Yeah. Um. I think, I think, 
We're going to turn the ship around. I know. Right. How about you? What do you feel? I, I do feel good. I'm the, yeah. I'm the eternal optimist when it comes to the grid. That's so I'm right. always glass half full. But uh, no, I think we need to change and need to transition. And, yeah. Um, I change think is hard. But yeah. I think it'll change The good thing about Memphians is we tend not to be fair weather fans. That's true. That's I mean, true. We'll yeah. hold on as long as <laughs> that, it takes that's that's true. so we get them back. <laughs> that's true. We'll get them back. Um, so if people want to come to Global Cafe, um, they can come in and order from either of the stalls, but you Correct. have some kind of carryout options. We right? do. Um, so you can, you're not limited to uh, just one stall because it's one checkout um, area. So you can just, you know, I love when people do a little thing here, a little thing there. Um, and some people feel like, oh, I ordered from Indra, then I have to order from Ipti oh, and Fecha, which is not really the case because oh, it's it's man. all, you know, they profit share, but it's it's all one big pot, so it, it really does not matter. And they all very, they all like family. They help each other out, so it's it's not like that. Um, but yes, come in, eat, and if you prefer taking it home, we can definitely uh, take it to go as well. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite dish? <laughs> oh boy, I don't know if I can say it. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, for me. I think that the easiest food to eat is the Nepalese food because I'm vegan and they are, uh, Indra is a vegetarian and all the food that she prepares is actually vegan unless you add uh, chicken or beef on top, mm. like the chow mein and the tupka noodle soup. But other than that, it's all vegan. So I'm, I'm, I don't have to think. It's really yeah. easy. Surely they've got like a little stash for you in the back too. And everything. Oh, when they, then they think they of you. They are all so sweet. They'll prepare anything for me. They're great. Do you have one little... Um, just kind of anecdotal story of one of their stories that you feel comfortable to share with us. Their about journey their to Memphis. Their journey. Uh, well, I shared a little bit about Ipti. Uh -huh. um, Fecha is actually not a refugee per se. She is from Syria, but she is an immigrant on a medical visa. She had some medical oh, issues and came uh, uh, a while ago. And then Ipti's family from Nepal decided, made a, I think she, it's so funny, we talked about it recently. She has, let's see, uh, I think four brothers and sisters, including one of the younger sister works here too on the weekend. Um, the kids, as she say, are the ones that lobbied the parents to move to the US huh. because they had heard of others moving to the US and they mm. just wanted to a better life and the parents kind of, and even the grandma came uh, recently too. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh yeah, I just yeah. really hope and pray that Memphis has been a sweet place for this season in their lives. I think it has. Yeah. I think it has. Yes. Well, it must be doing something right because it does feel like they are willing to take Global Cafe and approach Memphis back with a spirit of open arms yes. and love. So there yes. must be some love that they feel that they have received. Absolutely. And the um, the funny part when you mention love is if you ask them the main ingredients of their food, they always say number one ingredient is love. And it's truly like they are so passionate about sharing their food and sharing their stories. Um, it's 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 really beautiful. So yes, I think they, they all, if you ask them individually, they would all tell you that they love Memphis. Yeah. I saw where Juan had an awesome quote in one of those articles where he said, it's our recipes, the love that we put into them, the inclusion that we put into them, the acceptance that we cook with this place are all the main ingredients. That's exactly right. And I just thought it was one of the coolest things yes. I've ever heard. And it wasn't by you, no, the no. owner who tried oh, to create no. this idea. It was by no. one of the people on the ground working and cooking yes. every day. And it just makes you be like, 
well, that's somewhere where I would like to have lunch. Yes. But. And it's truly, uh, we are not, it's not a fabricated story. It's not a, it's truly authentic. We truly feel uh, like a family and we all really buy into the mission. Um, I don't huh. feel an, as an owner or, you know, I, I'm just not as much, I don't work underground as much as they are, but I'm not. Because you I can't cook. cook. That's right. Good point. <laughs> Actually, when I went in there Fair. to get her and tell her, hey, Sabine, we're ready to start. She's wiping down tables. That's She's right. been relegated so down to the bottom. That is so funny. I have that conversation every day with them. They, they're like, you can't be cleaning or stocking shelves or organizing. I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's the only thing I, I know how do. to do. <laughs> I can't cook, awesome. but I can clean. <laughs> well, thank you for creating this space. Oh, yeah. I mean, more so thank you for your heart. Uh, feel like it I bet every one of these countries and then places once you got to the US where you have lived and visited your heart has made um, a, a space that cannot be erased um, in each of those places and I just feel really lucky that Aww. life brought you here FedEx thanks again thank you <laughs> and that you let your heart make such an imprint on our city because you really can feel it when you're in there um, and these are the kind of things that are going to change us and turn our ship around as you say Thank Thanks you for talking with Thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see you, everybody. Hey, everybody. Pastor John Bryson here and just want to tell you about another podcast in our family of podcasts. The Table is a place where we love to just sit down and in a long conversation, really explore ideas, uh, interesting organizations, interesting people. Uh, learning, maybe getting exposed uh, to a new tool, a new resource. We kind of create space at the table to think, uh, to digest, and to learn about new things. You can find the table anywhere you listen to your podcast.